97.1 FM, 3MDR, this is The Dotted Line. Uh, new music this week from the Danny Walsh Band. Danny Walsh joins me on the phone. Hi, Danny. G'day. How are you going, David? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. I'm interested in the name, the Danny Walsh Band, as in B-A-N-N-E-D. Tell me how that came about. Uh, well, we're, we're actually, there's a lot of um, regions and areas that we're not permitted to go into, Um because of lockdown. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it, it's just something that came up, uh, I think, through the, the process of going from a, a one-man band to a three-piece acoustic and then sort of commandeering people's uh, drummers and support acts, um, other members during shows to, to build up a band. And I tried a few different band names um, when I was whipping up those homemade posters and that one seemed to, seemed to stick. I think we were the Danny Walsh in the band substances at one point, and Danny Walsh in the band something else, and um, and then we just simplified it. Yeah, and Danny Walsh is just my stage name too, of course. So. And, and so is, and so are the band substances. That's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all alleged, so we, totally yeah, alleged. So we we stuck with the band. We could even we could simplify it to just the band. Um, I'm open to that. I might pitch it to the to the guys this week, uh, and that that would make it. Um, a lot more efficient, um, maybe for our next, for our fourth album. You could take the week off that way and it wouldn't yeah, matter. That's right. That's what I'm aiming towards. <laughs> Pure delegation. Yes. Well, yeah. the guys have actually been doing a, um, uh, through isolation, our, our esteemed drummer um, did kick off a, a bit of a recording exercise when people were recording one of the songs from the album from home in isolation and he was, mixing it together and it sounds unreal um it's a big fat sound it's great and i'm the only one that's not on it yet so i think you might be onto something could be could be that um danny walsh has been banned (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh in the wimmera tell me about it i grew up in the wimmera mallee uh region of victoria closer to the mallee place called donald and on a farm there and yeah then to cut a long story short after 20 years of living in the city after growing up on the farm and um yeah 20 20 years in the city going to uni and working down here we were producing putting together songs for our third album with the band and it was even after the recording process had been done it was more or less selecting the tracks and then i realized that we'd we had a collection of songs that were sort of harking back to that area and, um, you know, covering the landscapes and, and, and stories from, from some personal stories and some, um, a bit imaginative stories from the area. So we, we decided to stick with our roots and and call it in the Wimmera, which actually two members are coming from the Wimmera because our keyboardist, Leo Tellison, um, aka the weed he's also from donald and a relation of mine um, so there's actually two two out of the seven or so uh, plus special guests uh, uh, are from the Wimmer anyway so it's about time we did a, a, a ode to the Wimmer. and i i heard rumor that um your aunties were involved in it too yeah so they sing backing vocals on two of the songs uh, we recorded we did a session one afternoon uh, with our engineer now, now Anzai, who's recorded, engineered all of our albums actually, and he just finished building his 
home studio at Balan, and that made it a bit more convenient for my aunties to come down from from Donald. I came up from Melbourne, and we spent an afternoon in Now's home studio and, and laid down the the backing vocals for for two of the songs. Uh, yeah, and I'm sort of mentioned before that it was a special thing to to have them on the album. They used to play around the region back in the day as the Walsh sisters, and they also, or two of them, taught me music, um, actual lessons. One of them had guitar lessons at the primary school at St Mary's in Donald, and uh, the auntie Anne was the music teacher at the high school and also ran the school band. So we've had a lot of music in the family, and it was great to to bring it all back home a bit and, and have them singing on the, on the recording. That that's kind of spooky that you got taught to play by them and then they're singing on your album. Yeah, I I designed it like that. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a good thing. It, it, it was fun to have um, to go through that exercise. They hadn't record. I think they maybe had done a couple of recording things before, but certainly not a lot. And um, and just to go through that, even my auntie Anne actually came up with with the backing vocal line. Uh, on one of the songs, it's actually track one, The Golden Hour, and added that, well, spooky is actually a bit of a voodoo spooky kind of melody for backing line melody for that. So, you know, when you try new things and with different people and, and all kinds of amazing things can happen. So that that line is actually, I think, a really big part of the song once it was recorded and it was, yeah, it was certainly done as an overdub um, long after the, the original tracking was done. I love the way it opens. You've got the bird songs and everything in the background. Yeah, I think I, I can't help myself when I'm up there. I'm, I'm up home on the farm, and I'm, last year I think it was a couple of times when I was there, I recorded some of the the morning chorus and and also the Willy Wagtail flying around the around the the back door. Uh, I was up there just just recently, and and he was there to, to wake me up in the morning like an alarm clock. And I also got the <laughs> Very familiar sound of the the gate creaking, so that's all that's all recorded in situ, and yeah, and the galahs at the end, of course.
Tell me about The White Army. That was inspired by writings or this particular book uh, that came out when I was growing when I was growing up called Defending the National Tuck Shop by Michael Cathcart. It was a I'm just looking at it now. Actually there it is. I thought I'd lost it. I better tell Mum I found it. We um <laughs> we had that book. It was about and it's a very fairly controversial story even to this day that there was in the post World War One during the Great Depression, there was a uh, a build-up of, I guess, secret sort of underground, you could almost call it militia, in these country towns that got to the extent on one particular night that it was almost a tinderbox that you know people were actually going to go out in the street and and start shooting this unknown enemy, let's say. And Michael Cathcart just found it fascinating, as it is. He did a thesis and, and wrote a book about that and interviewed people in the area during the 80s. And I think a lot of you know people are even embarrassed by you know their their parents or grandparents were might have been involved and you know they were at one point willing to go outside and, and shoot their neighbour. And I think the next day they would have felt very silly um, <laughs> as to how they were feeling. But it, that was the rise of sort of what was going on with people's fears and um, and feelings after after the war. I love in the song that it, you've got that guitar riff that just sort of drives it along and the way it plays off against the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, that was a riff that I, a bit of a bluesy riff that I had in, in, in dad-gad tuning, actually playing blues, bluesy kind of, um, well, I love hill country blues, it's not, quite hill country I guess but it's it's still I think been a bit inspired by that and when we recorded it live the weed definitely came up with those uh, keyboard organ sounds on the spot so uh, I think it's a good testament to, to letting it rip live um, when you're recording if yeah if we get that tension that you that you're talking about there I'm, I'm mm. pleased Speaking of the keyboards, the cover of the album, it's you holding a, a keyboard. It's, I don't know what the keyboard is, but I want it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I wish we knew where that was now. Because uh, <laughs> <that laughs> it actually, there actually is a 60s keyboard. The Farfisa, uh, like an Italian, um, very vintage keyboard. Yeah, it was, and it's got the like right down on the bass end. I assume has got uh, like a the black and white keys are reversed, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been modified at the time. Uh, so the story is, yeah, it, it was Leo's keyboard, and um, as we mentioned, the keyboard player in the band, Leo Tellison. We were wandering around his farm, which he's since sold. That was the farm where he grew up. Uh, my my wife and I, I think it was 2011, we saw him. On the photos, because Emma remembered we'd taken these series of photos when we went wandering around um, Weed's, Weed's Farm when we were up there some time back, and the old barn had blown over in a storm, uh, you know, a few years before. And obviously, the keyboard <laughs> had been stored in the barn for about 20 or 30 years, and a few of the things were just still sitting there on the base of the, what was left of the barn. and I don't know what uh, possessed me to grab the keyboard and, and wander off, and Emma took some photos of it. And fast forward to 10 years later, uh, we thought that would be the perfect cover for the album. Maybe we'd even said at the time, gee, this would be good for an album cover. 
I don't know. But uh, that's, that's how it worked out. And, yeah, yeah that was Leo's keyboard. He, he definitely played it to death. Um, you know that because we've got his other keyboard here. We found um, his old box that Emma's actually, my wife's been playing. Um, but that far fee, so we just threw it back on the pile and, you know, forgot about oh, it. Um, tragic. I, I think it was, it was, yeah, it was well past it then. It had been out in the weather for years. Um, but, you know, now, now it's a family heirloom. If, if it was if it was there being on the cover of the of the album, yes, <laughs> that's about all it would be good for. But they certainly used to replace the the keys. We might have seen it was reversed. I know they did it on this one too. Weed's mate Watsy, who sadly passed away this year, actually in his in his eighties, but he used to modify a lot of their instruments and fix them up. And um, this fox here's got, I think, the keyboards, the keys off an old Sarfisa on it as well. So um, yeah, a lot of DIY kind of stuff going on. Back in the day.
This is the dotted line, ninety-seven point one FM. I am chatting to Danny Walsh from the Danny Walsh Band, B A N N E D. We're talking about his brand new album, or the band's brand new album, in the Wimmera. Uh, when I saw Pride of Erin, I thought Pride of Erin, strange track to put on the uh, on an album, but it's uh, it's actually <laughs> not the Pride of Erin that I know. No, I hope we don't get in copyright trouble for that although i think someone was googling it and there's a lot of tunes called pride of erin so we've just added it to that mix but yeah it's probably one of the more special songs on the album um for a number of reasons but we were lucky to have cat Mir come and, and play on that track she actually played on it when we first performed it a few years before at my cousin's wedding up in donald so we wrote that song for her and her irish uh, fiance at the time and we played it that night at the wedding reception and it went very well yeah and it's a bit of a, an ode to I guess those old bush dancers or those old dancers and it's in the right timing I hope you could almost dance to it maybe but yeah we certainly learned all those dancers back in the day in the hall in the, and that's probably the one that's most people seem to remember the steps I've found when we, we have the old Richfield dance, or they do old-time dancing at the start of uh, an annual gig. We were involved in uh, the long weekend, Queen's birthday long weekend, actually, so it would have been coming up very shortly if if we weren't in a state of pandemic. But that song is the one that everyone seems to get up and and mill their way around the hall and and be confident enough that they're going to get all the steps (laughs) right. The others, people sort of drop away or... Sadly, a lot of the older folks um, are no longer there from when we started sort of reviving this dance about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a, few, a few have dropped away, but it's, yeah, I think that song covers a lot of images of, of the area and, and um, you know, the fiddle sort of, for me, we can sort of imagine it uh, sort of cascading across the very flat um, wheatlands. Cat, Cat came in to play fiddle and then and then sing backing vocals. Or at least I think she thought she was singing backing vocals. But then we <laughs> and with Cat, true professionalism, I said, "Yeah, well, just you sing that line, and then I'll lead mine for that one." And then we just worked it out as an overdub um, sometime after the original recording is now, and and made it into a, a duet. And it was it was meant to be that way for sure. Um, at all, everything we did on that track, you know, even adding the, the Boran, we've got a, a fella to, to overdub that. He did it at home actually and sent the, um, sent the recording in and it just, uh, everything seemed to click on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with how that one turned out and it's got such a good response as well. Uh, it seems to resonate a lot with, um, with the folks in the area and, 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 and on radio stations, thankfully. Sunsets on the lake Where you don't need a mountain To see a long way But I've climbed so like Kilimanjaro 
I know patience Like the old farmer Who after my said Should be a good year The hull on the highway They're taking their partners For the pride of Aaron get hold of a copy of the album how do i get hold of uh, information about your band yeah so we are on all those social platforms as you could expect information on the band uh, on facebook so facebook.com backslash danny walsh band and b-a-double-n-e-d as you said for the album itself that's available online from our Bandcamp page and you can get it on cd or a digital download and also on vinyl, copies are due to arrive any moment soon. They were a bit delayed shipping um, due to 
the current state of the, the universe. But uh, so I think everyone's being very patient and understandable with that. Uh, but I can't wait to get them out to people. And you can also, if you're in the northwest of Victoria, head along to Donald's Family Butcher and you can get a copy of the CD um, with your snags. I love that. <laughs> that's fantastic. I've got to say, too, um, cheap as mm. chips. Uh, the vinyl, I think, mm. was like 30 bucks. Am I right there? And you get the album, you get a download, and you get the vinyl. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. That, that's like amazing yeah. value. I, I should get you to do our do our promo ads, um, <laughs> like, yes. uh, like like Dipper or something. Uh, uh, that would be great. Yeah, and... and um, Free snags if you go and get one, depending well, yeah. on, you know, maybe not free, think, but if you buy yeah, enough snags. <laughs> yes. That's not a bad point. Yeah, we have to work on that that kind of um, deal. The, the the butchers is actually Leo's butchers, um, so he runs that with his, with his nephew. And I, when I popped in there when I was home last time, I saw he was selling sauces and a few other hand products, handy products from the area, and I said, whoa. You know, the last beef we'd sold across the road, we'd stocked them in at the newsagents. Now we've gone across the street to the butchers. Um, so yeah. let's see. It could be our, as our only outlet so far, our, <laughs> it hasn't reached, due to COVID, I haven't even reached record <clears throat> stores yet, but we will be stocking it in our uh, very supportive indie record stores in Melbourne as well. But for yeah. now, head to our band camp and, and you can um, you can even just listen to it and try before you buy. You are doing a live streaming gig sometime later this week, Friday, I think. Tell me all about that. How do I tune into it? What's the details? Yes, so we're just itching to play together, and this is a chance that came up to to go to Offstage Studio in in South Melbourne, now that the restrictions have lifted a little bit. We'll be streaming it to our Facebook page, just need to go to our Facebook page this Friday, June the 5th. It's a show like a, an actual gig with a support band and a DJ. So it kicks off at 6pm and we'll be on, we're headlining, I think around 7.30. Uh, it's free, but you can, uh, if you kindly want to contribute, head to our Bandcamp page and we'll have half-price digital downloads for the album um, just to say thanks for, for coming and and supporting us. Yeah, there's also a YouTube link. I'm not, now I'm making it really complicated. <laughs> there, if you head to our Facebook page, there will be a, it will be screening there, but there is a YouTube link that's in the Facebook event. Um, we'll post that on our page as well. And you could also, if the listeners are keen, there'll also be a link posted on our Facebook page for you to zoom in and we will be able to see you on a big screen, I believe, up the front, and we can, you know, rock out with you like you're in the front row. Uh, when I listened, when I when I checked out the titles before I listened, mm. I, I had to look up what a Cherex Destructor was. I, mm. I had no idea what, what that was or what it was about. Uh, really interesting when I found out. <laughs> Good. Oh well, that's good. If people, it's it's an educational album, so I'm happy for that as well. <laughs> it is indeed. Tell me about the song. It's there's like I was saying earlier. There's there's a huge variety of stuff on. It seems <laughs> to me on the album. Do you, have you did you write all of it, except for the cover at the end? I did, uh, except for Chirac's the 
Struck Door was co-written with, with Will Hewitt, our guitarist. Yep. And mainly because we'll give him credit. Sure, he started the riff and started the jam. It was in the studio on the day, or the second day. We did two days, actually, or one and a half days at uh, Sound Park in Northcote. I think I was a little late locking up for the, the second day. Um, the guys had a bit of a jam just while I was warming up and and I made sure the tape was rolling. We did it all on tape, thanks to Now's uh, supreme uh, diligent work with a 60s tape machine, but that was captured and then we ended up, I ended up making it into a song, editing it with Now, having a bit of fun with it, putting a bit here, a bit there from the jam, and then getting in a guest vocalist, Mick Coates, to do the, the little poem that I'd written about the Chirac's Destructor. So that's another one with a special guest and yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad it, it's working for you. When I was a little squirt, I didn't know much. I grabbed the meat on the string, sat in the damn bank, cursing me luck. They said too small, and threw me back in. Journey's Ocean. I was noodling around on a little acoustic guitar we actually had in a hospital when my wife was um, due to be giving birth to our first daughter and we had a complicated arrangement. She actually came extremely prematurely 
Um, but she's all very good now. She loves the song. That was four years ago. Uh, but that song I used to play, yeah, in the, in the hospital room. Would you believe the nurse actually, or midwife sent me up to the room to actually bring it down to the birthing suite. Um, that's the first time fact being told on, <laughs> on radio. Uh, that was a tune I was actually playing then. It had the soothing, kind of calming enough effect that was requested. And then I continued to play it um, for my daughter when she was in the little crib in the in the intensive care unit for the, the weeks after that. And um, that seemed to be the tune that I still noodled around on. And it actually, I started playing it when I put the guitar in a tuning I knew Joni Mitchell used uh, as a very dropped C uh, on the top string for those guitar uh, nerds. And in the end, we actually called our daughter Joni. <laughs> Is that your daughter on the track? And that's her on the track, yes. So uh, it's not fully instrumental, is it? <laughs> it's, I guess it's not fully instrumental, no. <laughs> yeah, that was some little things, bits that I had recorded of her um, nattering away.
I remember when I was young. Gutsy move putting a track like that on. It worked, though. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> you have me worried for a little moment. Yeah, we played that one live, and we we let it rip in the studio, I guess, not necessarily intending to release it. We were um, maybe warming up, I, I don't recall. And But, yeah, we played it live a lot, and I just um, do some word jam storytelling with, with the words when I muddle them up in my head. I make them up about myself, potentially, and which was what sort of fell out into that version. And I think the first time I heard it live was, was in the Litchfield Hall was uh, some, guys, some of the guys that play each year uh, of the older generation. They busted out and there was a particular fella who absolutely let loose on the vocals and even harmonica, and I'd never, I'd never heard it played so well. And we sort of brought that into, basically copied them and put it into, <laughs> put it into our <laughs> repertoire. But they actually went so sick that the guy was out on the hall floor spinning around. Someone was grabbed his feet because he had a cordless mic and they were spinning around by his ankles around and around while he was singing the second half of the song. You, you can imagine that. I, I can. Do you copy that bit as well? I reckon we tried it once, maybe. Uh, it hasn't, hasn't caught on. Uh, <laughs> but... Yep, give me a cordless mic. I'll be lying there waiting feet up for someone to give me the spin. Yeah, I should say, uh, yeah, thankfully that the version was endorsed by Matt Taylor himself. When we had the idea to we might include it, I sent it to him and he, he gave it a thumbs up. So we're, to have the blessing of Matt, um, we, we went forward with confidence to put it on the album. Well, I remember when I was young and the world had just begun and I was happy. i 